Hello and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Pixel Hunt. My name is Malcolm Cano, and I am your host for this evening. Joining me, as always, is the amazing, the illustrious Michael Carl. Hello. And uh, co-host regular and avid space dictator, I mean space um, benevolent leader, Nick Coulson. Uh, by gold. By gold. By gold. Yes. Uh, and special guest joining us tonight in the studio is one James Baker. Nice. Or J- Jim. Hi. Hey. Uh, so we're going to get, uh, we're going to begin with a few of our new releases. And today we're going to be talking about artificial difficulty and difficulty in games and why calling things the dark souls of things is problematic. But. Not at all. No. Oh, and there's our counterpoint for the evening. <laughs> there we go. Here we go, Mike. There's the scope of the argument. All right. <laughs> um, so currently we had Call of Duty World War II come out on November 3rd for uh, the PS4, the Xbox One, and for PC. Uh, it represents a strange return to its roots in which the Call of Duty series is going back to World War II. Um, because I think they did World at War, which covered the... Uh, the Eastern Theater of Combat. Both and, no, East, actually, Eastern and Western. Eastern and Western, but now they're going back to it. Um, but that was, of course, over a decade ago. Um, so, and we'll see. They, they've they taken a notably more realistic and serious kind of stint. So, we'll see. Maybe it'll pan out. Uh, we also have Steven Universe Save the Light on Xbox One for on November 3rd. Sonic Forces for PS4 and Xbox One, the Switch, and PC is coming out November 7th, so we can expect another breakout performance by Team Sonic following uh, <laughs> Sonic Boom, The Rise of Lyric. One of the worst. <laughs> one of the most. Sonic Mania, though? So- great, yeah, Sonic Mania yeah, was really good. a step good. in the right direction. One of the, yeah, Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric, one of the worst, worst received games I think I've seen in the past couple of years. Just built in, in terms a, of like big, big re- triple A release. Yeah. Yes, terrible. Uh, it was built in an. I'd a say game the biggest engine. sense like No Man's Sky. Yeah, that, ooh, huh. yeah, that's a whole other can of worms. Um, space worms, though. Yeah, space worms, space worms that <laughs> look exactly the same from planet to planet. And of course, you, you can't Diaspora, meet, you know, you can't, can't meet your friends in the space worm. Um, but yeah. So our main topic for tonight is going to be artificial difficulty and people calling things the Dark Souls of. So a quick primer. Dark Souls uh, was a game... We won't go into all of it, but when you hear someone say that something is the Dark Souls equivalent of a game in a certain genre, usually they're referring to a game that has... that whose difficulty is not inherently uh, surmountable. It represents a type of challenge in games that a lot of people believe is no longer apparent. So to say something is Dark Souls-esque or is the Dark Souls of a genre means that it unapologetically challenges the player and does so in a way that at least doesn't hamper gameplay but instead uh, causes players to actually learn and grow and become good or to, as is colloquially put, get good in a game. So... I mean, do you guys have anything else to add on to that? Or is there any... Did I miss anything? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's even more general than that. Oh, wow. So, like, when somebody says that, like, say, a platformer game is the Dark Souls of platforming, they're just saying that it's difficult. Yeah. They're not saying, like, the nature of the difficulty 
like something like Dark Souls where, you know, you <coughs> learn from your mistakes, each death is a learning opportunity. They're just saying that it's really difficult. It's just an incredibly hard game. Which is why it's a really reductive statement, but I mean, we can talk about that. And that's one of the problems. Nick, yeah. did you have anything else to add? Or I, I mean, I think the thing to remember about Dark Souls 2 going forward is that over the course of three games, they've built a pretty massive and pretty dedicated community. Hence, we have sayings like, get good, coming from them. But I think a lot of the people using phrases like, you know, it's, it's the Dark Souls of X are necessarily of that community. So I think you have that kind of separation of, uh, of groups there. I think so as well. I think mostly because the people of the Dark Souls community are still playing Dark Souls. Yeah, actually, the, it's got this... For weird... them, the Dark Souls of games is Dark Souls. <laughs> the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. <laughs> One might even put it. Um, so yeah, and this on the heels of Cuphead, which was a recent indie game release uh, that people heralded for being, you know, a, a wonderful, beautifully animated game uh, and had a pretty heavy difficulty spike. Um, Mike and I played through a, a good portion of it. We were actually at the final boss now. Um, but the game itself is actually, despite having, you know, beautiful animation and an incredible soundtrack, also has some of some of the most difficult gameplay I've ha I've played in a while. Um, with a series of bosses or large enemies that you fight with really uh, sometimes maddeningly complex patterns. Or not complex, but just very difficult and hard to intricate. read. Or re yeah, intricate. Thank you. Uh, and hard to dodge or react to. And so I kind of wanted to open up <clears throat> with the idea of how in your opinion, does difficulty influence your gameplay or gameplay in a game? Do you think that difficulty is inherent? Does it need to be a part of a game? Does a player have to be challenged? Or is it less of a game if it doesn't? I mean, I think difficulty definitely works into the psychology of gaming. Mm -hmm. Because in any instance, the bigger the challenge, once you have overcome it, the better you feel about completing said challenge. And that, I think, is a constant balance because, you know, the bigger the challenge is also the more frustrated the player's going to get, the longer it's going to take, and you risk them, you know, walking away from the game. And you're also balancing individual personalities who react differently, like people who may not want uh, that kind of difficulty or challenge from the game. On top of which, I think... Um, I mean, you have to take into account the purpose of the game itself. Like, there are a lot of games that difficulty just flat isn't the point. Um, I feel like... Oh, what was it? Um, uh, I'll think of its name in a second. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, go... No, we'll come back to you. Um, yeah. Mike, did you have anything with that? or? I think it depends on the game, and it depends on what the player intends going into the game or what they want out of the game rather that's actually a pretty good point um well, yeah i mean i i think that's that's all it is so in terms of ignoring the, the player entirely like the game if it's narrative focused mm -hmm. and it's being sold that way no matter who's playing it probably wouldn't be a good idea to have that game be very challenging because then you know what they're building it as a narrative game there's a chance the player doesn't even get the entire narrative. Right. So it wouldn't make much sense. But it's if it's any other type of game that's more focused on gameplay, platformer, shooter, 
um, that maybe has more of a focus on gameplay than usually you have different settings. Usually. And yeah, it just depends on what a person's expecting out of it. That's, that's pretty fair. And so to that, um, I, I assume we've all played Dark Souls here, right? We've all played some Dark I've Souls. I've played a considerable amount of Dark Souls. I know you have too much. Me as well. Yeah. I think I'm the only one in the room who hasn't. Never? I've okay. seen a lot of it played. I haven't played it myself. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so at least for that. Um, so what is what is your experience with Dark Souls specifically? Uh, do, does it have this reputation of being incredibly difficult? Is that what, like, what is your perspective of it? Someone who has never, play, who has never played the game themselves. All I know of it really is the mimetic uh, it, it's the Dark Souls of whatever. I Like, ridiculously difficult. You will have to throw yourself against it relentlessly, watch yourself die horribly right. and repeatedly in order to accomplish even the most minor of goals. <laughs> and so, and do you, so with that and with no, it, it is very interesting that like, I've actually played it, uh, not as much as Mike or Nick, but I've played it enough where I've gotten to some genuinely difficult parts. Um, and Mike has coached me through a few of them. Uh, I'm looking at you, Belfry Gargoyles. Uh, that was oh, that was that was a really disheartening fight. Um, but I do find it interesting that the whole design philosophy behind Dark Souls was to give in, like incremental difficulty spikes, uh, in which the players would. What, and I remember you specifically talking about this, Mike. What was it the the game developer wanted? there to be what was this so yeah so the developer miyazaki he has said in many interviews because again it's something that the the marketing surrounding dark souls and the fan base or actually i I would say more so the people who don't necessarily play the game but have experienced it secondhand focus naturally on the difficulty before any other aspect of the game so people ask Miyazaki about the difficulty of these games all the time. And what he's always said again and again is that that was never the point. It wasn't, people weren't supposed to focus on the difficulty necessarily. It, the only reason any point in the game is difficult is because, you know, the the peaks and dips of the game, so to speak, were meant to invoke an emotional response right. in the player. So one of the most famous fights of the game, Hornstein and Smo, it's a moment in the game where you're facing these two really difficult enemies, and it's basically the one time in the game where, well, there are other points in the game, where you have reached this difficulty spike that makes you panic, right. and you feel like you will never get past this. <laughs> it's you... like having having the rug pulled out from under you. Yeah, and I mean, narratively, it makes sense. Like, this should be the hardest boss in the game because you are essentially about to kill gods. You are getting to the point in the game where you are killing gods. Like, these people are guarding you from killing the gods, but this is the point where you, you realize it because of how difficult the game is. And so it's never—it's not about you know difficulty for the sake of difficulty, um, as they say. It's—it is just for that emotional peak. Okay. So in, in that case, it serves a purpose in the game. It's not just difficulty for the sake of difficulty or uh, game being hard just because like ah look at that oh it's killing you really good. Right. Um, and so in in that respect, do you think that? 
Do you think that games like Cuphead need to have something similar? Or do you do you think that like... Because Cuphead, I would argue, is difficult for for different reasons than that. Um, it, it In fact, it almost warns you at the beginning of the game that the enemies that you face might turn into ferocious, dangerous creatures. And so you should be careful. Uh, and that small warning at the beginning of the game provides, for me, actually a really interesting and justifiable reason for the difficulty. Because the game kind of tells you, like, hey, this is not a this is not going to be an easy task. Well, I think that gets into something too specifically, and I think this extends to to a lot of other games by and large. Is you have difficulty in terms of design or concept of design with games like Cuphead, you know, where they have this kind of boss focused difficulty, and it's mainly just about killing you quickly compared them to like Dark Souls where you have a structural difficulty of the game over periods and level design as opposed to a lot of other games as a whole where difficulty mostly constitutes a setting in the menu you know mm-hmm. the standard easy medium hard exactly which you you get into I think the opposite end of like things like Dark Souls and Cuphead where you have structural difficulty is uh, uh, forgive me I'm going to bash Bethesda a little bit again. I have the what I generally <laughs> refer to as the Bethesda difficulty, which is mostly just increase enemies' health and their damage. Um, which is kind of, I think, a very easy way to simulate difficulty as opposed to design difficulty in terms of like game structure, things like that. Okay. So, actually, um, the person... So, for those of you who aren't in the studio right now, which is everyone listening... Uh, Someone did try to call through. It was actually my brother who is listening tonight, and he does have uh, an anecdotal question slash comment uh, for the rest of us. So he he bought Cuphead and played it. <laughs> he bought Cuphead, played it, and he said after about an hour, uh, said that it was too difficult for him. So he returned it and instead bought GTA V. And so I, I did <laughs> I did kind of want to speak to to that at least, like. Do you think difficulty should be dialed back as a because it can potentially alienate players? But I mean, at the same time, there are players who want that. Right, exactly. So I think that is a thing where marketing comes into play. You have some people that want that, and you have some people that don't want it, and those are both legitimate views. Yeah, it's just catering to specific players' interests. And actually, to your comment, Cuphead actually does have this thing where you can go and put it on simple. You can put a boss on simple difficulty. Right, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering if he... Because, yeah, Cuphead oh, does bought, have he, difficulty sorry. levels. He bought GTA 4, not GTA 5. He is just... Corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> with the correction. He's, yes. The, they're very different. Actually... I assume. Uh, and if... You know, if people are actually listening... I actually... I'll put this together soon. Just as a, an aside, like, I'll get a... I really need to start getting a, a Twitter thing going that... If people actually want to... Uh, to, to tweet at us while we are giving the radio show, I'd be happy to respond while on air to people. Uh, so you can tweet at me, at a pixel hunt, uh, or, uh, you know, what have you. And we'd be happy to talk and answer your questions. Sorry, go ahead. I was just I was just agreeing with the fact that you can change the difficulty. Yeah, so like, what... Yeah, it's a it's a nice feature. We'd never used it. No, we didn't. We, we, uh, we stuck with shoving our head against a brick wall. We we're real gamers. Oh, yeah. Which, and therein lies one of the problems with uh difficulty in games which is it, it's it fragments and kind of creates elite gamers in certain audiences which can be incredibly toxic 
Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Jim, I know you, like, you really got into World of Warcraft. Did you see stuff oh, like that? Oh, God, yes. We see this in the MMO community all over the place, but particularly World of Warcraft, which has, um, at this point, I think, three different levels of difficulty for its raids. Oh. So there's... And, and it uses the same sort of hit point scaling and mechanic scaling uh, that you see in... Um, as you put it, Bethesda games. Uh, <laughs> Bethesda. That, um, you know, the the lowest difficulty, which is Raid Finder, you get slapped into a dungeon with 40 other, forgive the term, randos. <laughs> Dudes and, and dudettes. Yeah. Um, and you, you just kind of run mm. forward and face roll things because... The boss's damage has all been reduced. Mm -hmm. They're they've been crippled. They've been they've had mechanics surgically removed from their rotation. So they just don't have certain attacks. Um, yeah, they don't have certain attacks, and even the ones that okay. they do have, the damage is so low it probably won't kill you. Even like the attacks that are lethal on normal will only just take away about three quarters of your health. You can be saved. Oh, that's pretty um, good. So it gives it gives players who can't get into a hardcore raiding guild a way to experience the content and like, hey, I went in and fought the Fire Lord. Um, then there's normal, which, as the name implies, is the, the baseline difficulty setting as far as the developers are concerned. And then there's mythic, which has um, specific compositional requirements. Like, you need to have at least one of each class to have certain abilities in the raid. Um, you need to have... Uh, you can only have 20 people. And if you come in with less than 20 people... The, the dungeon does not scale to you. <laughs> the dungeon's like, oh, but we don't care about The dungeon your... doesn't care. The dungeon <laughs> does not care about your raid size. Actually, um, guys, we just got tweeted at. We did? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, at Mono, who does a podcast on Twitch, asks, what about Ghosts and Goblins or Mega Man? Both challenging, but for all the right reasons in all the right ways. <laughs> I, I, it's a little, little I bit know, of a... I know people would debate that. Really? All right, yeah. let's, let's debate yeah, that. Ghosts what? and Goblins, okay, you need to play that game in reverse after you beat it once. What? Like, you get to the end, and then you need to go all the way back oh, that's cool. to, the, to the beginning again. And people hate that. Really? But yeah, it's a, it's a really notoriously difficult game. But, I mean, I, I think that's interesting in relation to, like, Cuphead and... Uh, not not as much Dark Souls. Definitely well, Cuphead. Cuphead because yeah. it's recalling a very old school yeah, sensibility. It, well, because it's got the Mega Man thing of like you pick up weapons or you buy well, weapons. Well, like, like Contra yeah, is, like, is what people compare it to. That's pretty, it, it's it's that's like true. a classic run and gun. The only thing is that A, it does have a an easier mode. And B, it's not just one straight run from beginning to end like all these old NES games. Except for the it's run and very, gun sections. Yeah, right, but you have to select the level. Right. Right? It's, it's like not just you have a... an overworld, and you can choose what to play in which order, and it's mostly bosses. Man, imagine if you had to just fight all the bosses. There is actually... Well, yeah, it's like, look at the original Contra. You have to go yeah. through the entire game with three lives. So it's like if you played Cuphead, did all the run-and-gun levels, then, you know, played all the bosses in the middle on those three lives. Yeah. There's actually... Oh, my gosh. I... This is crazy, but... I found out that the way to get one of the one of the ways to get an S ranking on a on a run and gun map is by not firing a sh single shot and not killing any enemies. Oh yeah, I heard about it's, that. Oh, it's just that sounds ridiculous. Um, sorry, Jim. I believe you were making a point though. Sorry. It's fine. Uh, the basic point is just that the the multiple levels of difficulty in World of Warcraft's raid structure engender a mentality, especially among the 
the higher end raiders who have fractionally better gear that anybody who is not up to their standard is, as we have said earlier, a scrub. A, a quote-unquote scrub. Uh, uh, <laughs> a noob. Um, Someone not good at it. There are any number of derogatory terms we could use, <laughs> um, but that it, it creates in-groups within the community yes. that can be quite toxic. Not quite as bad as, say, League of Legends. Oh, that's... <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> MOBAs are a I'm whole actually, other animal. I, I was actually going to bring that up later, but... Sorry, I jumped the gun. No, you good. You good. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else, or...? I, that's about it, really. But yeah, no, and I, I do agree with you there. I wanted to go back to Mega Man, though. Um, what? How would you describe the difficulty in a Mega Man game? Because you can tackle the bosses in almost any order that you want, and if you know the game prior, you can be like, okay... This weapon's good for taking down this boss, which is how you get this weapon, which is good for taking down this boss. So if you if you played the game before, it it, up, it becomes easier and takes you less time to do. But that's true of any game. Right. So in that case, like, I'm trying to think of why... Is there any way in which, like, the difficulty... But even if you've never played the game and someone just tells you what weapons are good to beat certain bosses, like, that's... Is that, like, a like cheating? Or is it just... Go into a library beforehand and just having happening to know what you need before you need it. I mean, I think that's a little, almost a broader topic in and of itself. True. Because that's something that has kind of always existed. Mm-hmm. Everyone's it's got that one friend. easier now. <laughs> well, like, I mean, if yeah. you go way, way back, which, you know, was, was me and my cousin's house playing Ocarina of Time. Right. That right. was the thing, is if you couldn't get past a place, you had to find a friend who knew what to do. Jeez. And nowadays, we just have the internet. Finding a quote-unquote friend is just easier and faster. True. So Maybe I mean, not a friend, more like some dude who's or gal who's completed it. I mean, I don't know if that necessarily... Are you telling poorly, me you haven't yeah. contacted the person to thank them? <laughs> no, personally, I yeah. no, I just... Personally, face-to-face. Face. <laughs> go to where they live and say... Listen, your information was very helpful. You want to meet up? <laughs> See, that strikes um, me as an incredibly lonely I person. did not know that's how you get in the Forest Temple. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just imagine Let's get some coffee. Someone on a, some very incredibly lonely person on a forum no. just being like, "Thanks, guys." Or just an incredibly friendly person. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I feel like really that nice person, person would have a ton of friends. I'm sorry, yeah. friendly people on forums. I know this does not compute. It's a very, me. it's a very forum. Oh, it depends. But yeah, so I don't know if that necessarily constitutes to difficulty because <laughs> the difficulty still exists. It's still the same. You're just different. Right. The difficulty hasn't changed. You're not. You are your difficulty. Um... And yeah, in fact, yeah, your ignorance is its own difficulty setting. <laughs> I actually, we also got tweeted again from Mono, at Mono. Uh, he says, play Mega Man 2 right now, I dare you. Well, we're on the radio. So Good one. Uh, well, let's get a TV in here. Yep, just start and set up. And set up and just go to town. Set up a live stream and begin that. I'm, I'm uh, interested in why Mono thinks that Mega Man's difficulty is for all the right reasons. Like, what reasons is it difficult for? Well, let's let's try to take stock. Has everyone here played Mega Man or some kind of Mega no. Man? No, I did. Never. I ever, never, ever. Preach to us, Malcolm. All right, Mike, educate us, Mike. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need your help for this as well. Okay. Um, so Mega Man, basically, you are a guy who's a computer program, runs around, kills enemies, and the main gameplay feature or gimmick of the game is that once you defeat an enemy, you receive uh, a weapon of theirs, and that gives you new attack options or different forms or accessibility to different areas of the level. 
and it, you know, these represent your scaling or difficulty spikes. So you'll do a running gun level or you'll platform across a level and then it'll end with a boss that you beat. I played a Mega Man game that acted more as an RPG. Uh, it was this weird, for the Game Boy Advance SP, Mega Man Battle Network 9, where you would, you're placed on a, uh, on a 3x3 board and your opponent has a 3x3 board on the other side bordering yours and you have this weird moment where you select your weapons and then you take them into a round and you use them against your opponent by positioning yourself on the right piece or section and throwing the weapon. So like bombs travel, you know, to the adjacent side on the same. So if you're in the front row, it'll go to the back. If you're in the middle, it'll go to the middle and it takes out all the vertical tiles or something. So in that way, it's much more like a, a, a tactical, like weird turn-based RPG. Um, but traditional Mega Man and Mega Man games is where you platform, you run, and you shoot at enemies on a screen. Um, have you ever played Mega Man 2, Mike? I have. And so, like, what does that one... I've not. What does that one contrast anything from regular Mega Man's? Is it kind of, like, similar to the first, or...? It's I, it's usually seen as, as the best of the series, definitely of the original games. I think that's probably why it's being referred to. Hmm. Um... As for it being difficult for the right reasons, I guess that really just depends on your perspective yeah. playing old school platformers. I do think it's pretty fair. I would say something that's maybe more unfair is like Ninja Gaiden 2. Yes, that's a... Oh, huh. uh, my, my brother, all, all of them. My brother and I actually played the original Ninja Gaiden. We had a Genesis and it was... Oh my goodness, it was one of the hardest things I think I've ever done. We barely even got past, like, ugh. Malcolm, <laughs> do you need a hug? You look traumatized. It was so bad. <laughs> He's he having does. flashbacks. The birds. There, you can see it. The, the eagles. <laughs> the eagles were so hard to hit. So usually when I hear the phrase, the oh. eagles, the oh. eagles, my brain jumps to Lord of the Rings. The eagles are coming. Not Apparently like, not a good thing in Ninja Gaiden. No, it was oh, not. Uh, yeah, I, I would say with... The Mega Man series in general, most of them do not overpopulate the screen with enemies. Because, I mean, these are old games where you use a D-pad, have two other buttons. Basically, you're just running and jumping. So, in terms of accuracy, you really don't have that much leeway. Which means Mega Man, I think, has a good balance of, you know, not very tight controls considering what you had to use that's true because you only had controller. well you only had a four-way directional right and, right. It, and for eight direction did you did it have eight directional input no no it was just four directional yeah it was just oh four. boy yeah so i think it had a good balance because it didn't put so many enemies on screen ninja gaiden was just... almost all of them have <laughs> so many enemies just on the screen yeah at once. and it's a an... lot of bullets and as uh, soon as one flying touches in the you. air and you don't have accurate controls. Like, you you can, like, jump on walls in Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. I'll give it that. But like, <laughs> I'll give it that. That's the I'll only thing. The walls. It gets the walls. Me, I'll give it that you're a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Purportedly a ninja. Yeah, apparently. Um, and God. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It's it's definitely one of those games where you, you can beat it, but it's not... It is satisfying, but... I know when I was, like, going through levels and I, like, finally beat one, I was like, yeah, that's just because I did it, like, over and over again. 
and finally just happened to not lose quite as much health as last time. Because it's like getting actually through the level without getting hit is a complete crapshoot, at least in my opinion. Yeah, because you, it's, <laughs> it's, you do not have the adequate enough controls to respond correctly. So, like, that's difficulty. That's not even, like, I wouldn't even call that, like, good difficulty. That's, like, oh, it's true. And so the, the worst feature of Ninja Gaiden is that when you get hit, you bounce back. Oh, and then you fall into the crevasse. Yeah, which and is die. which is something that old games love to do for some reason. Yeah. But it's ridiculous. Because, yeah, you, you have to combine, like, really tight platforming with not very good controls and also there's like an enemy on this, you know, this one square tiny. thick platform yeah. that you have to like jump across and then you jump across it, hit the enemy, bounce back into the crevice behind you and die immediately. Actually, it's like, is... why do you, at that point, it's like, why do you even have a health bar? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, it is 9.33, so we are a little late with this, but you know what time it is, Mike? It's time for the weather. So currently right now in Iowa City, it's 45 degrees Fahrenheit. But guys, let me ask you this. What does it actually feel like? What does it feel like to you? Mike? I have to go first? Yeah, you have to go first. You're our winner. It's, uh, it's uh, 42. 42? I'm going to go with 50. All right. I'm going to go with 31. Ooh, it's lowballing. The real feels 39 degrees. I know. Wow. Ah, so right. exciting. Good thing we have this app to tell us how are we, to are feel. Are we doing um, Price is Right rules? <laughs> yeah. Jim <laughs> is the winner. Yeah, yeah. Come on, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Someone go. You're over. Shouldn't have asked. Shouldn't have asked. But, uh, <laughs> Just let it slide. It's currently 45 degrees in Iowa City with a real feel of 39. Uh, Saturday looks like there's going to be showers with a high of 53 degrees Fahrenheit and a low of 45. And for those of you who don't currently know, it is night. Uh, <laughs> Just always like to put that out there, just in case. Tonight's forecast? It's dark. dark. <laughs> Continued mostly dark tonight, turning to widely scattered light in the morning. It sounds man. like a Castlevania, uh, <laughs> like a Castlevania forecast. It's like, dark. It's always dark. Oh, yeah. dark and misty. <laughs> yeah. What else is new? Um, what a night to have Kind of first. coming in, though, I'd like to cut in uh, specifically on something. Uh, jumping off point with you, Malcolm, you know, you said talking that you didn't like that difficulty and I think that yeah. connects to I think we're getting into a stage where we maybe need to reconsider how we think about difficulty you know we think about it like a setting like brightness that but is I think it might be better to think about it almost like a genre because you buy games in terms when you are buying them you know about genre like for instance I like RPGs a lot I don't like games you know a lot of first person shooters which is just a preference it's what I like and what I don't like and difficulty comes in the same way. And then there are different kind of flavors of it. You know, you have Dark Souls and you have Mega Man, you have Cuphead. And their difficulty is all structured slightly different because it's a different game. And they're built differently to accommodate that. Mm -hmm. And so you can think about difficulty more in terms of a personal preference when you buy a game. Are you looking for something difficult as opposed to getting into the game and then setting the difficulty? See... And actually, that brings up something else, which is, like, in a lot of games, when you change the difficulty, it changes nothing about, like, drops or resources, or you don't get any additional features for changing a the difficulty. A lot of it is the, the unfortunately named by me Bethesda difficulty, which is increase <laughs> health and increase enemy damage. Right, and so, like, it, it, but it doesn't change anything. It's not like, oh, you get better weapons. or you get It just makes the same thing harder. Yeah, yeah. which... Poor scaling. Yeah, at that point, yes. that just seems completely useless as a as a tool. So, but what if there was a game that 
when you put up the difficulty, gave your opponents more abilities or had them have different attacks. There are a lot of games that do that. Yeah. Welcome so, to Mythic Raiding in World of Warcraft. Exactly. They add mechanics. Exactly. So, like, that's... And I, I think that that's a really interesting and cool way to do it because at that point, you are actually physically changing gameplay features. You're also encouraged to play at higher... Uh, yes, because it yields more rewards. Um, and I think that games can actually take it... Like, I think that's a cool thing to do. The closest I could come... This isn't specifically new mechanics, but I have seen multiple games. I would note mainly Mass Effect Andromeda and The Witcher yeah. 3, their AI distinctly works better on higher difficulties. See, like, there we like, go. Both of those games, their AI, especially like their like kind of more basic enemy mobs, is pretty manipulatable on like normal or below. Right, because you can just like, kind of like run just around. Or... sit there and shoot at you, but like if you put it on higher difficulties, they actually begin to use <laughs> recognizable tactics. Suddenly they start coordinating. Then looking and... back, you're like, that's what they were trying to do. They were just kind of handicapped. Now that it's higher, they're actually working more like a team. So, I mean, it's not direct mechanics, but they do work better. Yes. Um, there are a couple things I wanted to say. Uh, Total War games in general. Yeah, the, um, the, 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 RT, the would you call them an RTS? They're, yeah, they're RTS games. Well, well, real-time strategy. like Turn-based turn -based world strategy map, real-time battle strategy map. <laughs> Uh, um, just uh, what's the acronym for that? <laughs> I'm not sure. Total War. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's Total War. Um, but the the AI in that one um, definitely gets tactically smarter um, when you're on a battle map as the difficulty increases. I don't know if they do so hot in uh, the strategic map. They're still pretty manipulatable there. But uh, what was the other thing? Oh yes, uh, South Park. The, the new South Park game that came out, and I wanted to bring up its difficulty setting. It's because, amazing. Um, <laughs> it, it is the opposite of what you were talking about, Malcolm, with you know difficulty increasing, um, adding mechanics, or adding to the value of your rewards, or adding to what your enemies can do to you. It doesn't do any of that. Yeah. The difficulty slider in the new South Park game gives or changes the color of your character's skin. And <laughs> so... <laughs> On easy difficulty, That's... you are lily white. Oh my god. On hard difficulty, you look like you're, fr well, you're a black guy. Wow. Um, or a black character. That's hilarious. Me. And I um, appreciate them for putting that in the game. Yeah. That's really um, incredible. And it, like, it doesn't affect the combat <laughs> mechanics in any way. Yeah. All it does is it makes people harder to persuade. It makes you get less money. Um, it makes, it, it, like, it's all these little things. It's beautiful social commentary That's amazing. through the use of game mechanics. I had no idea that there's, was a thing. There's a great little line, like, as you're adjusting the difficulty slider, <laughs> like, where Cartman explains, he's just like, don't worry, this will not affect combat, just every other aspect of your whole life. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's that's, I think, like, that's so fantastic. I had no idea that was a thing. And oh, it's, yeah. It's, they used the game mechanics to create social commentary through the manipulation of the idea of difficulty. And I love that they did that, but it is the opposite of what you were talking about as oh a God. as an idealized version of difficulty where cranking the difficulty increases the mechanical right. complexity of the but game. But that's, that's even, uh, that's like a whole different, that's, that's still amazing and a, an right? incredible way of, an, of, oh, it's such good social commentary. Oh, way to go, South Park. I'm impressed. My question is then, and has been since I saw that, like, how do you adjust the difficulty then? Like, in terms of combat? Or is it just one difficulty? Oh, I, think, I it's... think it's just one difficulty. This isn't a game that's designed for, like, no. combat challenge. I mean, it's the, it's the South yeah. Park combat. I mean, it's, it's turn-based, though. And, like, some people like their turn-based. 
That's pretty true. difficult. I, uh, if you want your turn-based difficult, go play... Uh, Final Fantasy, the early Final Fantasy. The early Final Fantasies or the, the Final Fantasy knockoffs that just, uh, like, wild... Oh. Just uh, Final Fantasy 13-2. Woo! And it's not difficult for any good reasons. It's just hard because it's annoying. <laughs> so it's, sorry, Final Fantasy 13-2. You or, sound a little bitter there. Just a little uh, could bitter. You, could you tell, Nick? I could, could you, tell. Could you tell that I'm bitter? Uh, my, my best experience with this genre was Lost Odyssey, uh, which had a boss where literally you had to have all your casters standing in the back line, casting, like, each one would start casting each round a, a barrier spell that would immediately be stripped when it finished casting. And if you didn't have another one coming up the next round... It's like, you better... Total party wipe. Oh. And you had to do this for, like five hours that's, because that's, the boss yeah. just had that many hit points that's so awful final fantasy loves doing stuff it's, like that no the, I what I'm, is I'm it thinking, 10 with the yeah, eight I'm, hour boss no it's 15 oh. with the like no that's a three day boss that's the three day yeah. boss in game three days but like that's still ridiculous you fight a boss for three in game days how do you stay awake you, even in game? Your, your characters just don't sleep for three It's like days. at the end of it, you beat the boss and all your characters die of dehydration yeah, and just <laughs> drop to the ground. So actually, we did get, we got tweeted at again. Uh, it's an interesting way of looking at difficulty. I think civilization does difficulty well. No matter what difficulty is on, the game gets harder and punishes decisions you made early in the game. Okay. Um, we, the, <laughs> someone the is shaking gallery. their head. Um, I wish, uh, I, I have no idea. I've never played the Civilization game. I have played the Civilization game. But explain to me. Um, Preach. Preach to me. <laughs> well, Mike, you probably have more experience with this. Or I've you played very well. I have a lot okay. of experience. So maybe so you I know what, this what this person's talking about. Um, uh, Mr. Jim Tanner. The Civ games, um, you're, you're building an empire. So you start, you found a city, and you have to use that city's production to upgrade it, to create units that can spread across the map and achieve your objectives it's um i'm not sure well okay what scales with difficulty um your happiness is penalized Ooh. as the difficulty gets higher so okay. keeping control of your cities is more difficult right um though by end game that's usually leveled out uh the AI will be more vicious so oh. roaming barbarians <laughs> and of, other uh, civilizations uh, super death gandhi yeah, Super Death Gandhi. Um, <laughs> that I know about. Yeah, uh, Gandhi. The, He'll kill you. Gandhi. Gandhi, the nuclear warmonger. Um, it, Spread our peaceful ways by force. <laughs> you will by, be peaceful by force and nuclear fire. Um, it, um, but it's it's not even like that's just a, a function of the way that the game tracks how the AI behave, like how the factions behave. I'm talking more about like. If you run into barbarians on the map on low difficulty, there's a chance that they'll like, oh, an undefended worker. That's nice. I'm going to go that way now and oh. leave it alone. Oh, okay, cool. But if you run into them on anything above like medium difficulty, like you, best, you have lost that unit if it is not multiply defended. You best get set to get wrecked. Uh, the only way you build roads on higher difficulties in Rome is, or not Rome, in uh, Civ games is by being Rome and having your... Centurions build roads <laughs> because if you send workers out, they're just gonna get captured by something. Um, it's and then as for punishing decisions you make in the early game in later games, yeah. Um, I mean, you get punished all the time in that game for making choices that, yeah, early game choices that then come back to haunt you horribly. 
Uh, actually, the, the same person tweeted and said, also your game can be ruined by someone stealing your wonders or religious beliefs as people are having more delegates in the World Congress. And yes. referring so he's, specifically he's to talking Sif 5. specifically about Civ 5. Okay, I can... Oh, man. Go ahead. Um, Take lost away. Wonders. Oh, Lord. Okay, so Wonders... Uh, world Wonders specifically, you, there can only be one in the world. Yeah. And multiple people can be working on it so long as they're not, like, allied and on the same team. Okay. Um, so if you... Let's say that you have one city... Yes. And it is your only city, and the so, Library of Alexandria is up for grabs. It's a good city. Um, the Library of Alexandria gives you massive bonuses to science and research, which means it's a great thing to have in the early game, because it can get you a research edge by mid-game, which okay. is a huge thing. Sure. Uh, but, but if, say, your, your enemy is also building the Library of Alexandria, chops down a forest, and uses the bonus construction, or... Um, this labor from yeah. that to complete the wonder you have wasted all your all stuff. of the all of these turns that you sank into your library which now is refunded as gold so you have some money but that's still but like, money doesn't substitute for actually having the library of alexandria or even spent, having a like, library yeah you spent your turn economy on all of those things um so actually that that actually brings up a portion of difficulty that i kind of wanted to extend out to the rest of the group so like what do you guys think about, and this, it, it kind of piggybacks off of the Civ Five idea, but like, what about difficulty in which uh, other players are given an unfair advantage? So like, um, certain, like in Mario Party, certain mini games are a 3v1 or a 1v3 in which one player attacks three players or has to elude the three other players or um, handicaps in certain games. Um, like, and this has been happening for a very long time. Like, I know for a fact, like, we used to play a thing in Monopoly where we would give, like, <laughs> you would give someone just, like, a little extra money. Uh, just because they, you, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you felt kind of bad for them. Or, like, I've heard of, you know, people, <laughs> or, well, it wasn't so much a, or someone might just steal money from the bank when no one's looking. Steal an extra five hundred dollars. Honestly, we had honestly we had people allying with the bank, or yes, like becoming the bank. That's nonsense. Because that, we, the bank ran out of money because they were hoarding it all. Don't you stealing? Okay, seriously, stealing money from the bank, Monopoly. You. <laughs> what, Mike? What? You've made Monopoly, which is already just like a Monopoly, yeah. that much worse. Actually, I feel that way You're about. Bad has anyone played a digital game of Monopoly? It is the worst. It's thing the worst ever. thing ever. Oh, yeah, AI cheats. It cheats super. I generally yeah. mistrust digital versions of actual board games. It's like, wow, I rolled my dice, and oh, well, would you look at that? I landed on the only hotel that the uh, AI seems to own. Right. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that, okay, yeah, that has a difficulty. I remember playing that. On that my... does have a difficulty, Monopoly. <laughs> It does. It's ridiculous. It does. Isn't it weird? Yeah. yeah well, the, the AI is set to a difficulty, which doesn't make any sense. Because, like, how can you play a board game, but it's rolling dice? Yeah, well, I mean, it's It like, just means the AI is more of a butthead when it comes wait, to... It's weighting um, randomness. It's yeah. weighting chance against you. Yeah, it's just the more it's weighted against you. But it doesn't make any sense because it, it definitely loads your rolls as well. Like yeah. you just said, you, you land on just for the some... opponent's spaces more. That's you know. definitely what it does. <laughs> It just increases the chance of failure, which is absurd in Monopoly. The, the dice land on one thing and then reset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, wait. You just watch it happen. The, There's nothing you can do. See, and there are games, there are cool games that have, like, Pony Island uh, is a really interesting game that, like, 
there and we've seen this in other games that you know break the the uh the fourth wall and like actually go in and say like oh I'm going to mess with your chances or I'm going to unfairly like take this from you or make you lose or give you more stuff to lose. And like, it's part of like, it's a, it's a gameplay conceit or a part, but I, it's inexcusable when it comes to Monopoly because like, because and, there's set rules of Monopoly. Right. So, it, and that's the, the, the thing that blows my mind, which is like, how in the world do you have a difficulty setting on Monopoly? That doesn't make any sense. It's not a game in which difficulty or increasing difficulty can be a thing. It's it's capitalism with a difficulty slide. It's like, why is this right. a thing? Yes. It's, I wish, see, like, and there's where we get into South Park territory. It's like, what if it just made it so that the bank would deny, do you want to take out a loan? The bank was like, mm, no. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a criminal record? But I think that, that example of real monopoly versus digital monopoly is a good way to look at difficulty in games and to understand it is it's not just necessarily a set even like physical ratio like you have in the real world in games you you know you can learn to understand that as you increase the difficulty in most cases the game is weighting itself against you right and so like and i I actually i'm reminded of uh a mini game in fallout new vegas when you play blackjack because if you have a high enough luck stat it actually weights the game in your favor. It gets ridiculous. It does like, get ridiculous. If I remember right, 21, you just start winning hands. You're just like, like 21, 21, 21. Oh, look at that. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm, so. what do you have to say about Caravan? Shut up. That game no one played? <laughs> you mean the thing? The yes. mini game no one touched? I, because it was so You couldn't understand it. <laughs> Their entire mods just to replace that with poker. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, that Which, to, I... to explain to the general audience who yeah. hasn't played New Vegas, there's a mini game card game in Fallout New Vegas called Caravan, which requires you to Collect scavenge them. the world for cards to build a deck to play against random NPCs who also play Caravan. And the rules are never really fully explained. There's, there's a chunk yeah. of text that's like, these are the rules, and that's it. Yeah, and, like, even then, like, it doesn't always make, like, it's just so weird, and there's no real benefit. Like, you can bet some money, but not a lot of money, so you never win that much. Actually, speaking of difficulty spikes and card games, Gwent in The Witcher 3 is a really good example, too, because, oh, man, I remember there was a quest line where I tried to enter it, and it was like, you don't have good enough cards to enter into this one. <laughs> I was like, what? Gentrification what? in minigames. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? And so, like, I went and got some more, like, specialty cards and came back and still kicked everyone's butt. And I was like, I, I don't feel like I needed that. But it's interesting that the game had a difficult, like, it was like, it's too hard for you. You can't do it. And which it's almost like a reverse difficulty I feel like slide. it didn't say it with that. Emphasis. It, no, the, the snooty butler at the, <laughs> at the yeah, mansion no, I, I was like, was like, you don't have enough yeah, pedigree. It was, it was definitely but kind of kind of looping that yeah. back around into our overall discussion of difficulty. You know, I mean, that is something you know I could pose to the rest of you is how that weighting of difficulty, especially when you can see it, you know, affects your perception of it or whether or not you like that. Yeah, that's a good. Hmm. I would say that in terms of a game weighing the difficulty against you, it or it for goes you to. For you, if you well, there are I suppose times or games I, like you get to a point where chance is just on your side. Yeah, yes, that is true. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking about 
First of all, is, is there like a baseline? Is normal the baseline difficulty in in Witcher? In no, Witcher? in anything. In anything. That, that well, is an interesting thing. question. Because, like, is easy the base or is normal the base? Exactly, because right. in Wolfenstein, there's like four that you start with, and a fifth one that gets unlocked. But the four, there's you. There's no real middle. There's like her, bring them on is like mm-hmm. usual. But like I remember in 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 uh, the Evil Within Two, the create the developer of the game was like, you should play this on easy first, and then you should play it on normal because easy That's allows you. Yeah, he said he suggested he suggested two playthroughs because he felt that the the normal difficulty in that game did not allow you to enjoy the story enough. Well, see, and I think that's interesting because kind of bringing this up, this is maybe merging a little bit to a new topic. Is that you know we have this concept of easy, normal, hard, right? And I think I think we think of them as you know arbitrary standards. Like when a game is made, you know, there's some kind of strange little old man in a cloak who wanders in out of the cold and sets those rules down. Right. But those are entirely arbitrary based on the game makers. What is normal in one game is not normal in another game. Exactly. And then you have games that don't use the words easy, normal, hard. Instead, they provide you, like in Cuphead, there's only two options, simple or regular. Or, you know, you have other wordings of it. Like, I know Dragon Age 1 uses, like, casual and hardcore. Casual. but the thing is oh, that gets MMO. that yeah. gets into a very like psychology element of gaming is how do you the way those are presented are going to affect how you pick them right if there's right. like if you well, name one of your game modes if you don't pick this you're a loser <laughs> it's like yeah no to, and that that's yeah. what that's what Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein does, does. And I, I think even now something like casual and hardcore is very it reflects the psychology of the player who is playing it. Exactly. So people who are like, though they might not. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you might not want to play a difficult game, but at the same time, you might think like, oh, but I've heard the way people, you know, separate casual but and hardcore gaming, I, and then they're like, oh, I got to go hardcore. It's like, guys, I got I to gotta be MLG. I can't not be an MLG pro. <laughs> I got to get good. Uh, we actually got tweeted that again, so we'll, and then we'll get to your point, Jim. Uh Mr. Kim Tanner responds with, I don't like difficulty checks like that one in The Witcher 3. In Fallout games, they let you get murked by Deathclaws or Super Mutant slash Talent Company mercs rather than put stupid invisible barriers. Uh, Not quite invisible in that game. It's a snooty butler at a manor, and I hate him. But you do have a point there with, like, in Fallout 3 and certain Fallout games, like, they warn you about going places, and if you don't heed that, uh, good luck. There's yeah. a query that uh, and quarry. Uh, doctor says you going to die. Exactly. <laughs> which, which, if you could kind of recheck that over, he said he he appreciated when there were in, invisible he, barriers. Yeah, he appreciated in Fallout where it's like you just go where you want and See, get murked. I love that. I love it especially when a game warns you. Like it <laughs> kind of like, like I, I just you know we talked don't. about New Vegas a lot. There's an area in New Vegas which is like the quarry, and it's kind of at the center of the map. Right. And it's easy because it's like, oh, I need to get New Vegas. I'll just cut right through this here quarry. And it's just filled with death claws, which are one of the yeah. toughest enemies of the game. And you oh, just get part of the game. torn apart. Yeah. But what I love is like, there's a lot of signs up that say like danger. Like, like if you talk to people, they're like, don't go in there. And you're like, what do you know? I've got vats. But, which I mean is, you know, it's, it's kind of horrible when you die, but I love that it just like, you know, I, I can just imagine the game developers like off in the distance. <laughs> You know, it's like the that like the persona of the dungeon master is just like, all right, if you really want to try, you like look down at your map and you're like, oh, and boy. you know, then after you die and respawn, just told you so, like, <laughs> mm, nah. You no, know, I, I appreciate a game that lets you kind of make your own mistakes that way. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate I would agree. that too, Jim. Would you? 
Um, this is jumping back a little bit, but we were talking about uh, board games that and, and like computerized versions of board games. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of a jump. There is a there is a boss encounter in uh, the dungeon Karazhan in World of Warcraft. It's oh. called the chess event, um, where oh, I think I know the, this one. The players of the raid jump into chess pieces on a chessboard yeah. and fight a a battle on a chessboard. Oh. So it's not like actual chess. Thank goodness. But, but it... um, you're you're controlling pieces that all have separate abilities, and you have to bring down the enemy king before they the enemy side brings down your king. Um, the conceit of this, however, is the room is called the Gamesman's Hall, and the ghost of the wizard who used to live in this tower is standing by the board controlling the enemy players. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to you while you play the game, and yeah. he's like muttering, oh, interesting move. Um, but every so often, the message, Medivh cheats, will flash on your screen, and squares of the board will just light up with blue fire. And your unit will start taking damage over time if you don't move it out of that square. (laughs) Um, Or Medivh cheats, and all of the units on the enemy team or select units on the enemy team will get bloodlusted and and start hitting harder and faster. uh, Um, No. So, you know, the idea that difficulty can be called out uh, and, like, cheating can be called out on the part of the AI as part of the mechanics, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Kind of amuses me. That's yeah, pretty cool. I'm, I'm reminded of another chess game, and Mike's probably going to sneer at me for this. In Fable Three, <laughs> <laughs> which, as I'm horrible as that game that. is, there, could, there yeah. are elements of that game that I do adore. One is you go into a haunted house and you play a chess match against a haunted treasure chest named Chesty. Oh no, Chesty the chest! And you actually play chess against him. <laughs> Oh, it's like, like real chess? It's real chess oh, right up until you start winning. And then he starts changing the rules. Yeah. And yeah, it gets into that kind of like almost cliche thing now where the pieces come alive and you fight the pieces. Um, but if he's winning, he can just beat you. Like, it, it's it's this kind of, yeah, that weird dichotomy of representations of actual games in digital games. So well, nice. actual games. Physical board games. But yeah, All games are actual we do games. have two minutes. So, to wrap up, difficulty in games is... And please forgive the the pun, is a huge spectrum or a slider of different difficulties. Uh, difficulty is never ubiquitous among games, but uh, we can agree on a couple of things. And this is geez, these are just things that have come up in the conversation. But like we can agree that uh, games have certain difficulties, that these difficulties can impact it. And there are certain ways to implement difficulty that are a little more favorable than others. Uh, changing gameplay mechanics, adding or subtracting uh, behaviors or pathways are good ways of providing difficulty. And uh, not so great ways are like uh, uh, loading dice in a Monopoly game. <sighs> it's the worst. Um, but again, it, all of these things coming back to it um, represent a new and distinct culture and as games continue to get more complex and this is something we always say on the show uh difficulty will become equally as complex and differing so in response to uh cuphead and people calling things dark souls like it's not so much that things are becoming like dark souls but that they are uh taking more liberties or emulating different styles in their difficulties and that just because a game is difficult does not necessarily mean that it's good or bad. It's just, it's just difficult. It's, it's just, just what it is. Right. And that's something you should consider maybe when buying the game. Exactly. Is whether or not, not necessarily whether that's something you can handle, whether or not that's something you want. 
Exactly. So, like, if you... And I, I really think it's interesting, Nick, that you bring up the idea that it, that this could be a genre. I mean, like, it has elements of what a genre is, I think. Okay. I think, well, I guess we can't really we, we, we gotta yeah. We gotta get out yeah. of here. Uh, but... Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. If you like what you heard or you'd like to continue the debate, you can find us online at facebook.com forward slash Pixel Hunt Radio Show. Or, just like tonight, you can tweet at me at a Pixel Hunt uh, on Twitter. And I would love to answer your questions or to bring stuff up. If you have any ideas for topics, we would love to talk about that. Uh, we are now going to transition over. Uh, once again, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>